Hey. Hello and welcome. Make fits now. <laughs> yeah, so clearly we are not in our normal podcast room. Or we are. We are. <laughs> Scott's noticing Chinese food as we drive by. Uh, we are out in a boat. Out in a boot, I guess Canadians would say, call it that way. Out in a boot. Uh, so we're out and about uh, scouting some camping and uh, potential fall hunting spots. So we had a good day of that. Decided, well, why not do a little uh, podcast record? I'm not sure the legalities are on <laughs> driving while podcasting. What? I mean, you're not allowed to use a cell phone. We are podcasting. You're speaking in the background That's as our true, driver. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure, it's well, fine. Now we know that well, you're driving. <laughs> yeah, you're not like you're holding a microphone. Yeah. Um, welcome. I have two members of my firefighting family. I have Scott. Hey. And I have Ash. Hey there. And um, let's start off with a little bit of news, guys. Um, I guess we want to bring up our condolences mm-hmm. to our brothers and sisters of our fire family uh, north of us. Uh, in Naramata for the uh, loss of one of their members. Um, it was pretty pretty sad events. So we just wanted to mention them that uh, we are thinking about them and to reach out if they ever need any assistance. Absolutely. Yeah. Ash, do you want to take the camera? Yeah, for sure. So um, I think we mentioned that maybe we had. Um, we did. Captain Brian Lanning was uh, uh, diving north of us off duty. Um, it's probably coming up on a month ago now. I uh, got separated from his uh, team and uh, wasn't found, sadly, for quite some time. Um, there was a, a fairly lengthy search, and uh, he was coming up empty-handed. And some, uh, I think it was public, actually found him. However, they were still well. I don't know if they were here... Um, by request of family, but they were they were skilled divers as well. Uh, ended up coming across uh, his body, sadly, and he has since been returned home to the family. Uh, there was a pretty a pretty moving post um, showing just a very lengthy uh, reception line uh, when his body was being returned to the family. Uh, so nice to uh, have a little bit of closure there. That was definitely a a very sad, sad, sad deal there, but, uh, you know, having that closure is nice, so, um, our continued, uh, you know, thoughts go up to his family, um, the fire family in Kamloops, uh, and every, everybody affected, obviously, so. Yeah, absolutely, and, you know, I want to say, like, it's, it's extra hard, um, having these ceremonies, uh, with COVID still looming, uh, because it's not our normal traditional uh, ceremonies that we would hold for a uh, firefighter or somebody who passes away to show that celebration of their life. So it's it is hard. Uh, yes. Usually we have a pretty big event. Um, they're pretty long parades and, and big large yeah. processions. So um, yeah, it definitely throws a little bit of wrench into it. However, yeah, again, our thoughts are with everybody now. There's some closure on the event. For sure. Yeah. Moving on. So, events for uh, for us this week. I guess uh, I need to kick her off and start. How <laughs> kind of things started? Yeah. <laughs> so, I was minding my own business, getting some. <laughs> sure, I was getting some uh, supplies for my house, and uh, I see a little cloud of white smoke pop up. Where were you at this time? You were in our area. I was in your area. Yeah. So I was up in your hood. Uh, just heading out of town, heading back home. Saw some white smoke come up. A little bit of uh, a little bit of browns, but not not much. Didn't think much of it. I thought, ah, you know what? I'm gonna phone one of the guys and bust their balls about seeing who your duty officer is to see who the moron is that's burning. Because it just it had just rained. It was wet. I was like, sure enough, some dickhead's burning. And, you know, you know, we're not supposed to be burning. So I was like, ha. I'm going to harass their duty officer. So I phoned Ash to find out who the duty officer is. And meantime, I was like, ah, I got time. I'll drive up and, and check it out. Because now there's there's a lot more smoke than normal. But still very white. Nothing telling. As I approach, it's ringing, it's ringing, it's ringing. Ash finally picks up. As I round the corner, I see this brown smoke pouring out of uh, both chimneys of this house and out of the soffits and the eaves of this house. I go, oh, buddy, 
you guys got a structure fire. <laughs> I'm like, what? Why are you calling me? I called 911. I thought it was a burn pile. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm hanging up now. <laughs> so I literally thought it was just a small burn pile in the back of somebody's yard because, like I said, it just rained, so it was very wet. I thought they were just burning some brush because it was just kind of white smoke. And uh, as I pulled up to investigate, I could see it was coming out of the gables of the uh, of the house. So instantly uh, hung up on Ash, called 911. As I'm calling 911, I turned on my radio to switch to their channel to try and give them another heads up uh, to the duty officer. And uh, started giving the report to the 911 call taker immediately. Uh, she was awesome on the phone. Uh, she was really fast, actually. She asked kind of where we were, what town we are, the location, um, what's going on, and told her, says, well, we're on a structure fire. I don't know the address. I'm at the end of such and such street on uh, the very south end. Um, and I got, you know, a vent-limited fire. Got white-brown smoke coming from uh, the gable ends of the building, etc. She asked if anybody was in it. Said, I don't know at this time. I'm just walking up to the house to investigate. Uh, instantly, the tones went off on the radio at that point. So she paged out. There was like seconds of a delay after uh, I told her where the location was. Uh, so that was kind of neat to see how in real time, how fast it actually was. Yeah. Um, and literally at that moment, the one of the residences, she started coming out of the house. She looked quite panicked and upset. Started talking to her prisoner and said, is there anybody in the house? Expecting to hear no, it was just me as she exited. Uh, she says, no, my husband. I said, where is he? He's in the basement. He's still in the house. So I'm relaying this to the dispatcher. And uh, then I updated you guys on the radio as yeah. well at that time. And I uh, started doing a quick little 360 to see if I could find access to him. Um, and actually, sorry, I should back up. Just before I did that, I was asking her some specific instructions because there's, there's quite a lot of... Um, bushes and kind of other debris around the house so I was asking her so well where's your front door where is your stairs uh, in the house because she said this the fire was in the basement so at that point I was trying trying to get as, as much information as I could to paint you know a description of the floor plan to you guys as you arrived for sure so uh, at that point went around to the back side of the building um, you know there's more and more smoke showing out of the basement uh, coming out of the door on the second floor. Uh, so I stuck my head in, yelled, no response, closed the door, went around to the other door on the other side of the building. Again, it was open, yelled out uh, to try and make contact, no response, closed the door. As I closed that door, I walked around the back door to the basement again, and that's when I met the husband exiting. Um, thankfully, he appeared not too bad. He had some uh, superficial burns to the head, scalp area, and he was adamant that he needed to go deal with some irrigation issues <laughs> so I was trying to assess him and tell him that the ambulance was arriving so he took off down the orchard row and it's when uh, relayed off to you guys and your duty officer arrived yeah that all happened really quickly um, it was crazy to see the real time from the person calling 911 hanging up the phone with me <laughs> yeah. and then immediately calling that in. Uh, you tried to give us the heads up as that was happening yeah. um, but it all happened so fast a little bit of that got got lost in the tones dropping and everything which is fine because I mean when the tones dropped that, that fast I heard you call for the, our duty officer yeah. but by the time I like hung up the phone with you ran out to my truck and grabbed my radio the tones were already going off so I got yeah. So I get my ass to the hall. She toned up really fast. Yeah. And then I was just trying to grab my radio to give that update of um, of the victim still or victim For potential sure. victim, I should say, in the um, in the residence. And she was really good getting that info. So you gave us a bit of a heads up, but I wasn't quite sure if everybody was hearing you. Mm-hmm. And then um, because you were saying we do have one patient with uh, some burns to the scalp area. Yeah. And. Uh, Nobody was saying anything back to you yet, so I jumped on the radio right away, gave dispatch that update, just so, and I wasn't sure if you were still on the line with them, but to say, like, let's make sure EHS is aware of what they're coming into. Um, and uh, 
there was some confusion because that's right when we were about ready to respond. Was yeah. that person the first, like the lady that came out, or is that the missing husband? Because yeah. we, our report initially was somebody still inside. So that's was right. was this burn victim somebody inside, which was the husband, or was it the wife that got out with minor burns? So as we were responding, it was a quick uh, call to uh, Bob and uh, Speed, the duty officer, and also our deputy chief, um, and said, are we fire attack or are we search? Like, what's confirmed? Uh, so luckily we did get, just as we were getting on scene, confirmation that uh, no, all, all patients are out um, and we're, we're going to be going straight to uh, fire attack, which uh, kind of got us in the right mindset for what we were about to do, which is good because you don't want to bail off the truck and not really have a, a game game plan running. So, absolutely, yeah. So she, uh, the call taker, she stayed on the line with me um, as I was asking the wife um, if there's anybody inside, where he was, where was the fire, and the layout of the building. Um, and then that's when I toned up the radio and was trying to listen to you guys as well. And just as I, I I should back up actually I told her I said you know after I gave her the information the location I said I'm an off-duty captain this is what I have it's event limited fire single family two-story home etc etc um, and then a- after I told her I said yeah he's in the basement still um, she, I looked at my phone because I didn't hear a response from her and she hung up on me uh, so okay. she already exited that um that so because I think I can't remember if I actually said I said okay I gotta go and I think she realized that I was going to help at that point yeah um, and that's when I reached out on the radio again to, on your comms to uh, mm-hmm. update you guys that we had that guy out after my 360 right. yeah so it, it happened pretty fast because then it was um, but by the time the tones dropped for you guys to respond and the duty officer arriving, it was pretty fast. Like yeah, I me, literally me jogged around that, the uh, the structure, had a chance to close both doors and pop back out, and then he was pulling up. Yeah. And it's fairly close to our hall, too. It was. So th- this isn't one of those halls where, you know, it's on the outskirts of town, you've got five minutes of truck ride. You know, you can come up with a pretty, pretty solid plan and you hit the ground running in five five minutes. Yeah. You had, I mean, I think that truck was on scene less than five five minutes from from the initial tone drop to uh, first to arrival. Oh, absolutely, really, really yeah. quick. Um, you guys have a quick response time as it is with your yeah. first out truck because so many guys are so close. Yeah, there's a lot of people who live close, work close, so we're really fortunate with our response time. Um, as the first team engine officer, that was. Uh, as every call is, there's a lot of there's a lot of hectic as soon as you you pull up and the doors open. Yeah. But knowing that we had um, you know nobody inside, uh, knowing that the fire was in the basement, there was uh, um, we we knew there was a door out the back. But the but the report coming through when I got out the door of the truck was the back door was barricaded. Yeah. So we we were thinking, okay, we're we're going to enter in through the front door um, and we'll make a push in and then we'll make a push down if it's viable. Um, so that was the game plan. That's um, right, because I remember when when uh, Chief arrived, just before you guys, mm-hmm. as well, I gave him a quick report. He continued his, his own 360 <clears throat> and was updating you guys on the entrances, the doors yeah. to the basement. And that's when I was getting more history from the wife on where things are in the basement. For sure. And where the fire floor, or where the source of the fire was. Yeah. And um, that's when she said that, that basement door, says we're doing construction in there, there's holes all through the concrete floor from sewage. For sure. So I relayed that to Bob. So Bob, chief, right away said, okay, shit, that's going to be not safe. Yeah. So I then relayed that to you guys. For sure. So the game plan was going to be the front, the front door. Um, and you would try to get us as I was approaching you kind of gave me the you know this is where we think the stair set is this yeah. is where the fire we believe is which is great so we, we kind of had a bit of a snapshot of what we were walking into um, and the, the smoke layer when we took the front door 
was about halfway down the door. Yeah. That was kind of the smoke layer at that time. So we got the guys out. Kind of our, like my initial plan was I want two guys uh, as an initial attack team. Uh, let's get that hose line over to the door. The third guy, I might get that second line dropped. Uh, let's get the fan out and ready. Um, and then come over and we're, we're going to be like, I can either hand off the door door uh, position to you or uh, you can be the doormat. Um, so I started life as the door the door guy as they were starting. And then the third guy came came over. And once that position was handed over, I went inside to back up the crew. Um, and we didn't make it far. It was, uh, this residence had um, a, a lot of things inside of it. It was uh, quite, quite full. I was uh, going to say too, like the, the smoke, I mean, that's what caught my attention in the beginning as I went to investigate. I thought it was an outside burn pile. Right. Uh, just the color, because it, it wasn't your traditional home of, you know, that really dark rolling, uh, like dark, dark in, gray in the into the black um, um, colors, right? Like it was very, like when I arrived, it was still kind of that laminar smoke hanging around the soffits. Yeah. And then a little bit of brown, which tells you it's in the structures now. Um, out of the chimney and stuff, which made sense because it was a basement fire. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but still, even when you guys were pushing in for your attack line, uh, it, it wasn't that typical rolling black, dirty, Absolutely. dirty smoke, right? So, um, maybe explain the explain the structure. Mm-hmm. So the structure was uh, originally, and I know all this from talking to the owner's son now after well, during the fire. Um, structure is a nineteen like forties. Yeah, late nineteen forties. Um, so the main part of the building was that, and there was an addition in the 60s. Yeah. Um, insulation was um, sawdust yeah. for, for most of the house, I think. Most, yeah. if not all. Um, timber, like fur and like just wood, um, lath and plaster, and yeah. parts of it. Um, parts of it were just um, tongue and groove. Yeah. Everything is kind of legacy. Uh, the furniture is Very old, much so. legacy Absolutely. stuff. So not a quick burn, but a long, yeah, uh, smoldering, but constantly everywhere yeah. burn. Because yeah. once that uh, uh, insulation starts getting burned, that's basically just sawdust. It just burns and burns and burns. It's very difficult to put out. Very difficult, yeah, yeah to trace and and like you said, uh, there's a lot of effects from the family in there. Yeah, like if, and especially in the basement. Yeah, and especially once the storage said. down there. Yeah, once once we get to that point yeah for sure the basement was very very full and probably one of the other things that uh makes made it difficult was the um the roof the roofing material yeah um, which was uh, roof on roof like a metal roof on top of a um shingle roof like multiple layers of shingle roof like old yeah yeah Yeah. so yeah so that's kind of what the structure they were faced with was yeah so that was kind of interesting so we ended up making a push at the front the front door. I mean, it's crazy. In, in the moment, it really felt like we made like a pretty deep push, <laughs> but that house wasn't that big. No, Just it wasn't. Yeah. Every every movement you were running into, um, like some pushback. So there was an issue. Every single step. It wasn't even a step. Like you were down. I had I had the guys in. They were probably we'll, we'll say five feet in front of me. And there was no visibility. By the time that I entered the structure, that smoke layer, got a gear on the road there. Uh, that smoke layer was like, it was almost to the floor level. Uh, I dropped down low to try to get a bit of a, a vantage point. There was zero viz. So I just followed the hose line in. I met up with the guys, and as I met up with them, we, uh, like, the back, my back was smashing shit. My tank was knocking stuff over. Yeah. I was trying to reach out to like just feel and search on my way in, and I'm, like there was boxes, there was cabinetry, there was that typical legacy traditional home, right? Like yeah. narrow, small closets or yeah. closets, small, small ha- hallways, hallways with little closets and openings, stuff. tight yeah. corners, rooms, sure. walls everywhere, and then you add the traditional furniture yeah. on top of it. Big, boxy, traditional yeah. built furniture. Uh, heavy. It's not like you can just knock stuff out of your way. Like every every step was met with resistance, which was, uh, I mean, that was def- definitely a challenge. So I go meet up to the guys, 
and they had basically made the decision that uh, this wasn't going to be the way. So we believe we got to the uh, the stairwell because fire was rolling up it, and they weren't effectively able to knock it back from, from the top. Mm -hmm. uh, we also there was a fresh air vent uh, that was like blow torching flame coming up from the basement. So the fuel load directly below us it was cooking. Yeah. Um, so at, at that point, knowing that we couldn't, I mean. The fire hadn't spread to where we were, but it was in the structure, it was in the floor, and then rolling in the room below us. We we knew, okay, like, hey, like we're doing nothing upstairs. Yeah. I don't care. I don't points. care if it's bare, if it's like you know built and bare, like blocked off or whatever. The basement access is going to be the way that we're going to get a knock on this thing. Yeah. So it was a quick. Yeah, they're like, hey, I don't think we can go any further. I'm like, no, this is useless. Let's get ourselves out. We'll grab some tools and let's gain access from the basement. Um, and we'll, we'll deal with some of that uneven flooring. Just go slow and, I mean, let's try something different because this mm -hmm. isn't gonna work. So we ended up backing ourselves out. Uh, our second view was there at that, at that point. So we started to have some extra man, manpower. We were, we were talking about RIT, got, got RIT slowly going there, which is good. Um, and we transitioned to uh, the interior attack on the basement. Which, uh, that progressed actually fairly fast, like with yeah. the writ and everything, as the other engines arrived. Because mm -hmm. I had the luxury, which is very rare on structure fires, to just literally wander around and yeah. observe. Very and I helped, detached. you know, tug a line and every now and then for the guys, so they had a little bit more slack. Mm -hmm. And then just observed, and I turned into your photographer <laughs> for a while for yeah. you guys. And so yeah, it was good to observe uh, how quickly you got set up in the location of the tools and the, and the tool drop and the yeah. grit tarp and everything as well. So that was really good to see, a really good uh, you know, thing to witness. Um, you know, everybody knew that there was a role. Everybody kind of fell, fell into that, uh, got all of those steps kind of checked off right away. Um, got uh, interior attack on the bottom, uh, basement level next happened quite quickly as well because uh, we already had a line dropped so it was, it was pretty quick to transition to the backside drug that around started to make entrance on the bottom and you're you're kind of met with with the same issues that we had upstairs but now it's more just like stacked on stacked and everything was rolling and you managed to knock back the initial room and then you could see like I tried to draw what I thought the basement kind of looked like and it was almost like a horseshoe shape where you could go in the one side and exit right back out the other because there was two basement access doors there was yeah um, but they were they seemed separated either from effects or construction <laughs> but there was no clear path where where we could access the other side of the building uh, there was just so many things down there and it was blocked off and again the uh, the uh, flooring was like it was all like it was a cement poor floor, but it was like jackhammered out. There was some some uh, construction happening. Um, trip and fall hazards were through the roof. So yeah, um, or you have to think a, a 1940s building probably had a cistern like a water cistern. And yeah, that was probably jackhammered out years ago just to make a basement. That yeah. that's yeah. it, right? So it was uh, it was pretty interesting to say to say the least. We. Uh, uh, for whatever that was worth by the time the crew get the interior attack upstairs the interior attack in the basement Those guys were through their bottles. So it was out um, So those guys tag, tagged out they were kind of my my guys coming on the first truck So they ended up going back and getting uh, some fresh cylinders um, And from that point I kind of backed backed off and did a little more exterior ops because my guys were out so I was just another officer on scene um, and another crew came in to start working in the basement um, with about the same result. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there was, a, there was a lot of effort put in. Um, maybe a little bit of, oh, oh, sorry, we're just, uh, we're just talking about the fire base. Uh, a, couple yeah. of, a couple of their uh, forestry planes are missing. I wonder if they're uh, out. I saw one oh. flying yeah. yesterday. Oh, that's one right. That's yesterday one right evening flying south. Exactly one of them coming in. Yeah. Uh, squirrel. Sorry. Squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> Modus. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, there was there was a, a lot of effort uh, coming in from that uh, base basement level, but just met with so much resistance from uh, construction and uh, obviously from 
all, all the effects that were piled down there for many years. Um, and what seemed like forever, but I think kind of by about that time is when you got on scene, Scott. Um, yeah, you missed all the action. You missed like the, the first. Yeah, I, mean, I was, a, I, was a, I was what an hour and a half, two hours away. Yeah, Page came because ah, I was yeah. working. So I was up. Uh, I had to do a thing up north. Mm-hmm. So two hours. <laughs> so of course I hear the tone come over my uh, I am responding um, phone. And I'm like, oh, interesting. <laughs> so, so I call my wife. I'm like, yeah, where is it? Because it was actually close to uh, kind of where my parents live. So mm-hmm. I was making sure it wasn't their house to begin with. And then um, she actually just put my the, her phone down after we talked for a minute. Well, she went and did some stuff around the house. And I had to just listened to Pager, which is interesting because it's like, yeah, like almost like Todd. I'm like, I'm even further detached. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm hearing like stuff from like, and I'm yelling at the thing, come on. <laughs> and then, um, but I can hear what's going on. Like, so in my head, I'm like, okay, I, I think I hear someone grab the fan. And I hear someone, Ritz established. I'm like, oh, cool. And I can hear, we're making a push in the basement. So obviously by that time, it's obviously after you guys already went upstairs. Yeah. So I listened for a couple more minutes, and I'm like, okay, well they're gonna have that knocked down in a few minutes. Yeah. So I just see ya. Hung up. Get driving. And then about an hour later, I call um, Todd because uh, he's usually he's usually the guy with the know in the know because of uh, <laughs> because of his other job. <laughs> usually can give me some kind of update on what's happening. And I knew there was a. I knew there was a patient at the other thing. So I knew, right. the, I knew right. the guys had got a patient out somehow. So I called him and said, hey, do you know anything about our fire? He's like, yeah, I know everything about our fire. I was the one that called it in. <laughs> He's, like, oh. He's like, I'm still here watching it. And then he, then he says, uh, he goes, yeah. He goes, I think this is going to be a long one just based on yeah. um, the progression of it and the, all the fuel load and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was because... I still managed to get back. Yeah, and you were still heavily involved with a lot of the ex- exterior ops. Yeah, so by the time I got there, so it's two hours goes by. Usually, like I said, usually within an hour, most structure fires are easily knocked down. Yeah. We're, we're kind of in mop up. No, this thing was still cooking everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I had the, uh, you know, I kind of roll up, and of course, in my head, I start rolling through options, and I start asking Nash and the other guy, other officers, I'm like, have you guys tried this yet? <laughs> yep. You guys tried that? Yeah, we can't because of this reason. Okay, have you tried that yet? Uh, we can't because of this reason. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so I'm, yeah. I'm out of ideas other than my stupid idea I had later, but <laughs> which we'll talk about later. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was already it was pushing through the floor. The, you know, there was a big hole in the floor. It was, already, it was in, into the roof line, like well-established in the roof line. Couldn't do any roof venting because of the um, steel metal roof. <laughs> so we couldn't, you guys couldn't open that up. Yeah. Uh, so basically, it ended up being a giant oven. Um, but this time, most of the windows are broken because of the, either the heat. Guys trying to um, try options on uh, on venting. Uh, guys making pushes in. So you know, over time, windows just start. You know, windows start breaking. So now you're. Oh, they so they are, are all the old traditional single pane. Yeah, so you know, wood frame yeah. windows as well, right? Paint, and then. Once that fire, because they breached that floor fairly quickly, and that's been totally non-operable. You can't go inside and do anything. So the guys were trying to suppress it as best they can at that one level, but then it starts spreading into the other rooms and the legacy homes, lots of walls. It's not your open concept where you can lob in from one direction and almost get everything. Get the majority of the household. So different teams from the Alpha Bro Charlie sides had to try different angles, so that meant different windows. It's the only way to start soaking it. Yeah. And to sort of paint a picture, like we would try to take one one of the windows, smash it, and there's like four mattresses piled up against the window. Yeah, the, so the fuel load was huge. Was, it was just insanity. So you take the window and you try to do something, and you're met with nothing but weight. So then you're trying to like well, you can't push the weight yeah. through. Well, you can't. It's like yeah. an immovable object from the outside. Yeah. And then you go to the next window, and there's a stand-up deep freeze in front of the other window so yeah. you could get like a little bit like there's no attack that you could do through there you could get a bit of vent going around there but you can't do anything with that opening and the flip side of that is so now we start thinking okay like with all of this weight around all of these these windows upstairs and like we knew a little bit of the the floor structure was uh, you know going to be compromised because of the flow path or 
at the start start of the fire. Yeah. Now it's cooking more and more, and we're worried about the structure of the floor everywhere with all of this excessive weight. So yeah. there was yeah there was like stand up heat freezes. There was I mean couches on couches, beds and beds and beds. It was there was so much extra like fall hazard um, drop like drop hazard weight um, that uh, I mean we made the decision and it was a hard one pretty and I don't want to say pretty early but because that fire was so long it felt like it was pretty early but it was probably an hour and that sounds so weird because we could knock it back everywhere on the exterior like all of the exterior portions of the building you could get a knock on it. But you couldn't gain access to where the seat of the fire was. Yeah. And that's where, like, you were getting that burn through in the center of the main floor, floors, uh, floor, uh, floor structure. And then it got up into the roof really early. Um, and, uh, and the roof was sagging. Like, we looked at the roof pretty early on. And the roof was sagging, like, from almost the, the moment that we got there. What the hell is that noise? What? Oh, I think it, no, I think it's a truck way up there. Oh, or, maybe. Or the motorcycle that just went by. Todd here's... I thought it was Todd for a second. Yeah. <laughs> First I thought it was a little... The windows aren't rolling down. So venting. <laughs> yeah, no venting needed. Um, but yeah, it was... Uh, it was just... It was... It felt like, looking back, early on, the, the choice was made to go uh, defensive. Yeah. But it was probably hours worth of effort, and that's insanity when it comes to mm-hmm. a structure of that size uh, with that kind of like what you would think that kind of access. Because we threw the book at this thing; it was, I mean, some super out of out of left left field ideas, some super textbook ideas. Um, so is my idea a textbook or out of? Left I'm going to say your idea <laughs> was a little out of left field. Um, so, Which, when you told it, I was like, fuck, yeah, let's try that. Well, let's try everything. So, yeah, there was, was as that? I said, the fire was burning through the hole in the floor. And I was like, well, maybe that's... Because in my head, I'm like, I don't really know where it started. So, but we, you were kind of telling me it was a bit... Oh, I definitely knew it was a basement fire. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't sure what room exactly. So I could see it pushing through this hole in the floor. I'm like, well, no one's going in there. But we could, if we... Because we had the two and a half running. Yeah. We took yeah. the two and a half... Um, Grab one of our old combi nozzles, which we actually had from the two and a half. So not a smooth bore, but a combination. So we opened it, put on fog, and the idea was to kind of snake it into the down the hallway where we could see it, and then drop it down, kind of like let it hang in the hole, almost like a act like, like an a big excessively large sprinkler, yeah, like a giant sprinkler. So we tried that, uh, slurred down the hallway, it went in the hole. And I think it actually did some work because you said, hey, look at the smoke change. Yeah, you can see it immediately. It, was it awesome. definitely did some work, um, but there was there was just so much fuel load and heat. Even the two and a half was getting overwhelmed. Um, so then we decided, okay, just pull it back out, pull it back out, and the hose is now burnt. <laughs> the nozzle, some of the nozzle got melted. It's like, Ey. yeah, the outer layer of the hose, uh, the outer jacket got melted. So, it's about, um, so, so far, I'm in the running for the Abuse Tool Award for the year. Yeah. <laughs> The nice. ball, yeah, the ball on melted. The, uh, yeah. On the bale was uh, melted, so it was like so making water past really it. Shut off. Really <laughs> shut it off. Yeah. Good thing with the old nozzle. Yeah. You just wanted a new nozzle. Oh, we have the new nozzles. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we're definitely getting a new one now. So yeah, we, we were trying to kind of all different options. Uh, we we're purposely try, kind of hydro, hydraulically venting in reverse to see if we can push the fire out and yeah. see if we can get, like, clear some of the smoke. That worked for a bit. Um, I don't know if the piercing nozzle ever made an appearance. It um, didn't because, uh, well, I don't know why. That's the only thing I didn't see come off the truck. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, yeah. The only, the only thing I I would think of with that is because once the decision is made to stay defensive, yeah. like, you can't really go inside. It was, so, it was <laughs> starting to get so structurally unstable in the center of it. Yeah. And you know, now you're sort of losing all the load bearing walls and everything else. And then we know as it progresses, we can see the roof starting to cave in. Mm-hmm. And it just gets so fucking sketchy that, that um, yeah, you're very limited to what you want to do. So, yeah. essentially, back to that good old phrase, you know, surround yeah. and drown and. Yeah, hit it hard from the yard. Yeah. I was doing yard work like a motherfucker. Doing some yard work. Fuck, I had, shit, I had stuff in a wheelbarrow at one yeah. point. Come on. <laughs> we yeah. did the wheelbarrow. 
There was jerry cans everywhere. Oh, okay. so, <laughs> yeah. We were, we were moving them. And we're about ready to make all, a push yeah. in the basement. I'm tripping over like 16 jerry cans, uh, yeah. half full of fuel and whatever else. Yeah, there's. So I just start chucking them out, <laughs> and then John's like, oh, "I'll grab this wheelbarrow." That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was awesome. Of course, I scream over at Ash. I'm like, "Hey, look! I'm doing yard work." <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, but yeah, it was a, it was an extremely challenging structure. Um, because I think for the amount of smoke I saw and when I arrived like that thing had to been going for a while in the basement yeah. especially with what we know as the fuel load now mm-hmm. right. so it was probably already extending everywhere into the floor system that we didn't know about and, yeah. yeah but yeah that smoke was interesting because when I was driving into town I had a really good view of it for a yeah. long distance off I'm like and at first I'm like well, it looks like they're hitting it pretty good because it looked like it looked like steam mm-hmm. yeah so that and then I'm like looking at it more. I'm like, no, it's still like yellowish, yeah. white, like legacy fire <laughs> smoke. Yeah, it wasn't like, your huh. traditional dirty brown black. It never really changed. It really got black. Like yeah. there was nothing really in there. I guess that was really, uh, really new. Yeah, everything, literally everything in that structure. Like that fire would have been the same 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, just an older couple. And. It's sad. It was all of their, all, all of their personal, everything that they owned, all, all of their family. It's extremely sad. The fire uh, is so devastating. And uh, yeah, I mean, the sad reality is these guys like to keep a lot of their things, and they, uh, it was all of the stuff from back in the yeah, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and current. Mm-hmm. Uh, but none of that stuff was updated. It was just solid, solid stuff. And that's, I mean, we, we saw that in, in that smoke and in that fire uh, behavior. Yeah. It was, it was. It's a lesson on fuel load that we all, yeah. you know, you learn about anyways, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, uh, this goes to show you the fuel load per structure is huge. Yeah. It changes everything. Cause that's one thing we talk about that, you know, that legacy versus modern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Modern home burns a lot faster, but it's a lot, it's, it's faster. Yes. But it's, it, it's almost, it's easy to put out. Right. Um, yeah, it's like once, less, of a, yeah. less of a pain in the ass. Yeah, once a legacy home gets established, once a fire gets established, it takes forever to put out. It's kind of like the difference between burning a hard hardwood yeah. and burning like pine. Yeah. Like pine burns super fast in your fireplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the hardwood burns forever. You can't put it out. It's like, and that's kind of like the difference. Right? Once it gets established, it's almost hard. I'd say that's a harder fire to put out than, mm-hmm. than a modern home. Yeah, the modern home, it's uh, time is against us, right? Like, it gets into the structures and they, it gets uh, pretty hard to, and unsafe. But if you get there quick enough, like I said, you can usually suppress it. Yeah, for sure. It was, uh, so when when we came out from the like the second interior push, we, uh, I was still in SCBA. I, I go over to Rob, like, Rob, like, seeing what we see, we're going to be here for forever. And I can kind of hear all of our apparatus coming, and I got a bit of a grasp of what kind of manpower we have on scene. So I'm like, "Go have a chat with Chief. We should, we should get some coverage because, um, like, we've, we're we're going to have guys that are going to be through multiple bottles here quick. Um, they're going to be going through rehab. We're going to have red established. Um, we've got our rescue truck here. We've got two and two of our engines here. We're pretty skinny." Uh, and sure enough, so he went both tenders. Him. Yeah, both both of our uh, water tenders were there because we were about a thousand feet sandwiched between two hose lines and or sorry, two hydrants. two hydrants. Um, and the one to the south was probably viable, but we couldn't get past the engine. And the one behind this, there was so much traffic that we, we couldn't like, we couldn't block access. And that uh, other it was, one, it's a long, long. Yeah, and, and around the corner. Yeah, around the corner as well. Yeah, and down, yeah. uh, well, down an orchard road too, yeah, right? So you, just a you, small... You start crossing yeah. over other roads. Like, we would have been stranding, you know, getting people stranded in their homes and then people from their homes. Yeah. Um, so we ended up doing a lot of shuttle work with our water tenders, which worked out great. Like, we didn't really have any major water issues, uh, except for one of our engines. Um, the solenoid to, to get uh, Prime going shit the bed. So we emptied out the one tank and then we couldn't fill it back up. So that was a challenge immediately. 
Uh, so luckily, we did have uh, Todd's uh, department coming. Yeah. Uh, they ended up taking that position for us, uh, so that was really good. Well, to start, we actually grabbed a portable pump. That's right. So there was quick thinking there as well. Um, yeah, Scott came up with that idea quickly on his feet. Yeah, and, that's, uh, that was quick, helpful. Quick mobile engine out of a portable pump. We have two and a half uh, portable pump, which we use for uh, more so for like wildlife or whatever. But this was awesome. Like we should start doing this more. <laughs> what do we need an engine for? Let's buy like twenty portable we'll pumps <laughs> and tenders. And Don't tell the town. Yeah, <laughs> but it kept our that engine ready to you know, it was full and now ready to rock because as long as you had hydro supply it would still like it's it's fixed now it was fixed in like a day yeah. Yeah. but uh, it was still able to be in the fight elsewhere as long as it had uh, hydro supply this goes to show you the way like that you know we always we always talk about thinking outside the box for uh, for mutual aid whether it's just to the fire scene or for the community standby and that's another prime example like if I hate doing the what if. I'm not a what if guy, yeah. but uh, you know, when I guess <laughs> something shits the bed, uh, that second truck or third truck, I guess, was there really quick from our community because yeah. they were already there in, in your town covering. That's right. Yeah, because they went to the hall. Yeah. And then we ended up calling them out once once that second truck shit the bed. Uh, we ended up calling them out to the fire pretty quickly. Yeah, I just realized because <laughs> uh, we always joke whatever we do in practice happens on a fire scene. Yeah. And what did I do to the what did I do to the guys two weeks ago? That same truck. Yeah. I t- I pulled the keys on it and I told oh, them. Oh, that's right. Sorry, this engine's uh, out of service. <laughs> yeah. And what was the scenario? Structure fire. Structure fire with a burn victim. And people in, and, and inside yeah. the, inside the roof line and everything. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Jesus, man. Yeah. Because the scenarios are weird. <laughs> should, we stop, uh, should we stop practicing? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> man, that's crazy. Yeah, we've but, got a couple of guys you know, that look almost the same. Yeah. And we practice, and then uh, we just switch gears. It's like, okay, that's not working. Yeah. And I think I literally, you and I were, like, after we decided to do the portable pump, I saw you. I'm like, hey, let's carry this pump over. We're getting ready. We had it set up. And we're like, are we doing this? Yeah. <laughs> and we waited. I'm like, well, I'm going to give them one more minute to see if they can fix that truck. Yeah. <laughs> the guys are working on it, trying to get it to fix. Okay, nice. we're doing it. It's real. Yeah. We pulled that truck out of service because it wasn't doing anything anyway. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, ended up uh, flowing water. Yeah, because we yelled and at Dennis. Great. We're like, Dennis is going to get fixed. He's like, nope, portable yeah. pump, use it. Nice, hey. yeah. Yeah, super important to be uh, versatile like that, and that's why those portable pumps like that on the tenders are, are a huge saving grace. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. So, so that was, I mean, up until that point, things are still happening. Uh, you know, a lot of things are getting tried, uh, but still we're not having a lot of success. Um, and then the sad, sad reality came. Um, yeah. I was looking around. I was seeing our our guys. We're looking like we were we were beat. It was, was pretty beat down. I was working hard trying to get was in there. Very hard. Um, I go up to the chief. I'm like, Bob, we're gonna be here for forever. Uh, we can't gain access to anything. Um, literally, all we're doing is flowing water into a fire. Uh, we're not we're, we're knocking it back where it's only burning the center of the structure but we're not stopping it like it's just going to continue to slowly burn from the inside out uh, there's um, just the way that the floor plan was laid out you couldn't get a hose like you couldn't get a stream yeah, directly get... to it like, it's just there was no direct attack um, and like we, we even joked like if it would have had some vertical vent which we couldn't go up there because the roof structure was shit yeah so if it would have been any other not 15 layers of shingles and then metal it would have burnt itself through and we could have done some elevated water and yeah. we would have had a bit of a fighting chance there but there were so many things work you know that were working against us and i'm like bob like i think we got to open this thing up and he's like ah and that's hard to do. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't want to be the guy to bring that up. Because the only safe way to open it up is to do what? Call an excavator in and rip the front of the structure apart. Yeah. Um, and, like, so for people listening, that sounds like you're giving up. Uh, in my mind, when I was making that suggestion, it was, you know what? I can see that this that the front of this structure is screwed anyway. So why don't we just rip the roof off it? Take a couple big poles right off the front. And we could maybe still save some of the stuff on the outside. Yeah. That was what was going through my mind first. Let's just open this thing up. Um, 
you know, we've we've had this guy for some like very large events before. Um, he's got tons of operating experience. He comes in, and does just that, and that was starting to work. But still, the way the structure was, you couldn't get to as as far in as you wanted. And this, the, just the time frame too at that point, like it's the ex- fire extension was so huge. It, it's off in every nook and cranny and corner. Like, yeah, there there's no way, like you said before, the streams just weren't able to reach what needed to be reached. Yeah. So unfortunately, the excavator had to keep working. Yeah. So it just kept picking away. And, um, I mean, it was an entire loss. Um, it, it was either bringing the excavator or stop spraying water. Yeah. And let it burn itself from the inside out. And then it would have to come in anyways because the metal roof is still the intact, roof holding still everything. Kind of, kind of yeah. hanging there. It's like a lid. You, you could continue to hear the floor structure crash through. Yeah. Like you'd be sitting there chatting with, with you know with somebody trying to come up with a plan, something different. Like what can we throw at this thing? And you could hear like crash, and that was the floor falling through with all of the shit on it. Yeah. Crashing to the basement, adding more fuel load to where the fire is rocking still. Um, and like we would, we we would flow over. It was over twenty thousand gallons of water in this fire. It was a wow. Like that's insanity. Yeah. Um, and the moment you would shut shut the bale, it would like within less than a minute, it was rocking and pushing out of every opening. So all you were doing was just making it more of a pain in the ass, making it last longer. And you were keeping it roughly at bay, but you weren't stopping anything. It was just making it prolonged. So in the end, yes, this was a, a complete loss. Um, and it's, I mean, even the way that we talk about it, when when we talk about structure fires, whether they go better or like like good or bad, we always come up with a positive. There's always something good about it. Um, you know, we have a really good means of trying to find the positive spin on something. Everything's a learning experience. Yeah. I feel like I came away dumber. Because <laughs> I, I don't know what we could have done differently. It was just a super shitty experience for the homeowner. For everybody there that was making decisions. For everybody there that was working their ass off. Um, and to have such a terrible outcome. You just hate... I mean, at the end of the day, like I, I put out my personal Facebook. I was like, the guys work so hard. I'm super, super proud of everybody. Um... The homeowner that was injured apparently is doing good. Yeah. So really happy to hear that. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, possessions can be replaced. Um, lives can, and everything in that regard ended up okay. And that's kind of the only like silver lining. But man, what a what a hard fought day. And like you said, you know, like you look back at it and you talk about what tactics could be changed, and. You know, thinking as far as, you know, pushing in and cutting a hole and in, uh, in the floor to attack it, like, you couldn't even do that because the floor structure was so unsound and unsafe. And you couldn't get enough water in to cool where the fire source, fire floor was. Like, it's, it's, there's just, the safety wasn't there. And yes, we have a risky job when you're doing fire attack, but that risk was just too high for that. It was. And uh, then you talk about trying to go in for the, in the basement room. Again, the, the debris and the fuel load in the accident was just so unsafe. That's right. And the crews were able to to, um, to see that. And they still continued to try and do as best they could when you guys had your team in there. And then everybody realized, no, we got to pull out. Like, we're just not making any effect. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just one of those super frustrating events. But from what I saw, like, everybody worked so hard and that initial fire attack um, the two teams and everybody that went in I thought we were going to be able to get a knock on it yeah. but no it, it, was, it was going too much too far at that point mm-hmm. we're just sad it is yeah well I think some good takeaways are the fact that guys got to make a push in mm-hmm. yeah. they did a couple pushes they got to see what uh, heavy smoke heavy fire they, they made some good decisions uh, even without like they, you said they already had the decided before you yeah if, even them. before I got to them they they were already making the move to come back out of the so that's good that's showing yeah. that they're thinking yeah they're no, like, guys, they're, are, guys yeah. are thinking and they kept trying like they kept trying different angles and options it wasn't like I got I'm terrified of this I'm down and I bail no they, they were making legitimate yeah. hard pushes in 
but they're yep. still making progress. Absolutely. Yeah, I joked about like, you know, kind of going down there, but um, and, there, and there's some positives for sure. Like, there's some good takeaways. Some really good lessons on smoke reading. It was for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of the stuff like we were looking in, like you'd see, um, like where that wood shoot was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was sucking. Um, and then when we we'd shift something in the fire, it would start blowing um, the other way. It was like mm-hmm. so. There's lots of lessons on venting, on flow paths. Yeah, flow yeah. paths. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's funny. We were uh, sort of a funny story from the fire. So at this time, like, it was, like, we already had the excavator coming. We were just buying time. And we had one of our newer guys was uh, right up at the at the front front door again, just kind of keeping everything at bay. Um, and he sprayed some water. Uh, and then we got him to stop. For a few quick, quick seconds. Just no, I think he was, he was hitting that. He was hitting that basement window. That's not, right. Not the front. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so he's he's doing his deal in the basement, and then we kind of like call him like, "Hey, buddy, you know, come here." And he takes a step back. He's like, "What? Look up!" <laughs> and you can just see it's like blowing out the front door now, which like he's focused on the basement, which I, and it was totally safe, but uh, like he's knocking the basement back. But by doing that, now it's pushing the fire yeah. back up to the upstairs. And uh, so he was knock, you know, doing a bit of a knock there. But by doing so, it ends up like just fueling it, coming out of the top. And uh, you happen to take a photo like right at the time we're like, hey, look at that. And he's like, oh, geez. Because yeah. <laughs> it, it looked very big. And that's kind of been the, the media post that everybody's running with around here is like that exact moment where he's like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, because that's the, you know, this fire coming out of my bed, a front it's, door, yeah, and it's, it's pushing up the hallway. Yeah, yeah it, looks, it looks very big. He opened his bail, and in two seconds, it was back to being like, oh, it's a pain in the ass again. Yeah. But it's not rolling out at you. But It's funny, because the pictures I see of uh, of the heavy smoke and guys on the ladder yeah. pushing in, to me, that's more like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> that's more, like, scary yes. than, than that fire rolling on the hallway. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I, and that's the other thing, like guys, like they tried going into the gable ends and yep. like everything, right? Like it's just there's so much fuel load and so many different structural issues and blockages, you just couldn't get the stream anywhere. Yeah. So and it brings us back to that uh, that structure fire we had south south of town, where we actually had you guys up for uh, mutual yeah. as well. Um, the roof structure, because we had that 1940s to 1960s build. They actually built a secondary roof structure. So I was looking at that a little bit later on, and you can see where the peak, like they tied into the same peak, but uh, yeah, there was a secondary roof structure underneath that. So even if we would have gained access through uh, the first layer, you would have been met with 1940s trusses again underneath that, which I think what was keeping that roof up was the, the initial... Um, 1940s. The initial ni- 1940s. Thick fur log. Thick, <laughs> thick, thick. So we, we were seeing some bowing on the outside, but it was still semi-structurally sound. But again, like, what does that void space look like? So these are all of these things that you're thinking of as you're trying to come up with a plan. Like, can I, can I put guys up there? Yeah, like, that's right. At what point in time is that not worth it? And to me and to the officers that were there, you know, early on, it wasn't worth it. Yeah, very challenging fire. Like you said, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of good takeaways from it. Um, a lot of a lot of lessons learned, and um, just the experience gained for the newer people. Like I said, learning about flow paths and yeah. and smoke reading and stuff as well. But yeah, yeah, that was a long one. Yep. All right. Um, did you guys want to touch base on uh, some of the Automax training you're talking about? Uh, we could or. We can talk about it next time. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we should, guys. It's been uh, almost done our journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, back we're, we're pulling, pulling back into yeah. home here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe wait till next time to do our shout outs. Yeah. All right. Move. Keep everybody on suspense. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's move on to shout outs then. Let's. Um, where do we want to start? As Probably usual, modus. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a few good modus uh, tool usages in that, in that fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the Osnager tool came out uh, a couple oh, times, yeah. actually. It was really nice because there was, there was some uh, 
uh, two and a half ap application, which is good to see. Um, and then, yeah, so that was nice to see the uh, Snagger tool come out. Yeah, the Snagger's uh, lived on the two and a half for a while. It's it did of, for a while, yeah. It's hooked mm -hmm. on and stayed there. Yeah, so that was sweet. Uh, but Couple they also guys. have the uh, uh, hydrant wrench, they've got their force entry stuff, their soft entry gear now, the Lloyd tool, the J tool, uh, shove knives, um, all their bags, they that is so much. Um, so if you like what you see there uh, on their social media, on our so social media, um, you can log on and use discount code DTFF5 to get 5% off uh, your next purchase. Yeah, and we have, uh, they have some uh, seatbelt cutters coming as well. That's right, so that is uh, official now that we- Now that it's we official, kind of yeah. We shit the bed two weeks ago, <laughs> but they confirmed it with us last last week. We, uh, of course, classic us, we, we wanted to get our uh, giveaways, um, something set up this, this week. Um, we, <laughs> so it is happening this this coming week so when you hear this episode we we, we will be getting ready to post um our uh, uh modus inspired giveaway yeah awesome that'll be exciting yeah we'll, we'll put those packages together and um get that information put out there you bet awesome all right uh stop the bleed stop the bleed.org uh go online check it out uh, see if there's any instructors near you or if you want to become an instructor yourself you can uh log on and find out how to do that uh, good course content uh, we've really preached the basics you know that uh, direct pressure uh, wound packing and tourniquet application make sure you carry a tourniquet on your person out of the wrapper or you owe dr nick sparrow a beer um, and yeah you know what when you're doing your simulations with it make them high fidelity make them fun make them exciting get everybody huh, almost a little uh, t-bone accident right there yeah. uh, make it make it exciting um, and yeah, make guys really think and, and we like using those sprayers with, like you said, the little water gives you that sensation, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, check our information out on that as well. We've got, uh, we've got some video content on that on the YouTubes for us. So stopthebleed.org. How have we gone this entire drive and the most sketchy thing is two minutes from our hall? We yeah, yeah. almost had two accidents just now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Um, well, accidents what else happened within the what, two yeah, I say, yeah, a couple of kilometers. I mean, yeah, this guy going two mm. kilometers an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a soft hit. Uh, uh, Tanner Olson. Yeah, we were listening to it today a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, you don't have cowboy boots on. No, I do not. Uh, I almost rocked mine today just to be the guy. <laughs> I have my uh, amphibious assault shoes on. <laughs> That's what these are. Nice. <laughs> anyway, Santa Olson. <laughs> Country music from uh, uh, West Coast Canada. Uh, check them out on Spotify. Perfect. Awesome. Got a few live shows coming up. Yeah, I think it's starting to open up, so hopefully that'll, that'll get nice. I can't wait. Um, nice. The other shout out is uh, Rescue Essentials. Uh, RescueEssentials.com. Go online, check them out. Um, we're going to be uh, showcasing some of their bags and equipment and supplies as well. We use their stuff, or we purchase some of their items for uh, for training as well. So, great company. They got a lot of good products. So, check them out. RescueEssentials.com. Uh, any more for any more, boys? No, last thing is us. I think last thing we have us. Yeah. So, what are we? Facebook, Instagram, mm -hmm. YouTube, TikTok. Um, head on over to the uh, YouTubes. Uh, give us a. Uh, uh, subscribe there. Um, Facebook, obviously, like, comment, share, um, yeah. and we'll, we'll see. I think what, what we're going to be doing is the uh, classic uh, like, follow, and share will be the uh, contest entry for our our uh, giveaway. So yeah. watch watch for the packages to come up. We're going to have a couple items or, or a couple packages, I, I should say. Um, so we'll uh, be posting that very early this coming week. So watch, watch for that. But we definitely appreciate all of the support uh, that we've gotten along the way. Uh, and because of that, we're looking to give away some shit. Perfect. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, we're home. And we're home. And we're home. No, the wild card is my fireplace still on my truck as it's parked at your fire hall. Oh, that's oh, questionable. Sure yeah. <laughs> we'll see how she goes. We, we, we were gone, so we didn't see <laughs> yeah. yeah, the biggest assholes are in this truck. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Stay safe, stay DTFF, 
Boom. I guess, I guess goodbye. Bye. <laughs>